Peter's other concern as he gives this command is lest we fall away. He says in verse 17, being beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. Now that could be you or me today. We are in danger of falling away. And if ever there was a generation when men and women are in danger of falling away, it is our generation. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. We're on the air to bring you the message of the gospel again today, and I trust the Lord will bless. And today we're turning to 2 Peter 3.18, part 2 on Grow in Grace. This command to each and every Christian to never sit still, never mark time, always advancing, always going forward in our knowledge and in our enjoyment of the Christian life. I hope that you are putting your whole heart and energy into living for the Savior and walking in His light. He has told us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. So there is a hint right away of why we should be abounding, growing in grace to His glory. The only way to really glorify the Lord is to be growing and advancing and promoting his kingdom. There's another hint given in the previous verse where it says, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things. And uh, that's referring to those who rest the scriptures, those who distort the word of God. And it behoves us all to be growing and, uh, and grounded in the Bible and in the truths of the gospel, because this world abounds with those who twist and distort the, Christian, the Scriptures. And so we need that knowledge, and we need to be strong in the Lord. Also, beware lest ye fall, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Uh, this is like the text where Paul said, Take heed, uh, he that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. We all need to be on our guard we all need to be strengthened and equipped that we might stand in this evil day. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. And I hope that today that you will grow and that this program will be a blessing that you may abound in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Stay tuned with us as we move to our pulpit ministry from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. What then is the means that God has given? Well, we grow by feeding spiritual food. Every living thing needs food, needs nourishment. You cannot expect things to grow on a starvation diet. You never saw a healthy man walking out of a prisoner of war prison. Men on a starvation diet end up ill. Many of those who were prisoners of war came out of the concentration camps, and they ended up dying post-release. And even when they were given good food afterwards, their body had been so decimated through malnourishment that they succumbed to the starvation rigors of years of imprisonment. There are even widows today whose husbands died in those situations. Now, I'm saying this because there are, there are Christians who are trying 
to live the Christian life on a starvation diet. And they are very nigh to the point where it's not just a maintenance diet, it's really starvation. And only as you feed your soul will you grow in grace. Only as you give yourself to that spiritual food that God has provided, that manna from heaven, will you be a growing and fruitful Christian in the Lord Jesus. Now, what is this spiritual food? Go back to 1 Peter 2 and verse 2. 1 Peter 2 and verse 2. As newborn babes, and here Peter now is suggesting that these Christians to whom he was writing, they were new Christians. They were recently born again, brought into the family of God as newborn babes. The one thing they were to do is desire the sincere milk. But he didn't stop at milk of the Word. And the milk is a symbol of the Word of God, this food that God has ordained for each of our souls. And verse 3, you'll notice that the taste buds of the new Christian are alive. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. One of the most wonderful things of having a child is to see that child gulp down a bottle. And I'll not name him, but we had one of our boys, and every time he was given a bottle, whether you had it on his, you had the child on, the, on your knee or uh, on a couch or in the crib, he would have gulped down that bottle, and he took that bottle and threw it as far as he could, even to the end of the other side of the room. And that really was the command, more, more. And the mark of a growing Christian is he needs more and wants more because the growing Christian has tasted and seen of the sweetness, the grace. You notice that the Lord is gracious. The word gracious means easy to appropriate. It's easy to take. And the growing Christian is enjoying the food that God has given for the soul. Uh, prayer is the oxygen of the Christian. Every plant needs oxygen to grow. And the higher the oxygen content, the healthier the plant grows. And so we need this food, and we need this oxygen, we need this Bible reading meditation, and we need prayer to be growing in the grace of the Lord Jesus. And we need to do that three ways. We need to do it, number one, in private. Because if you're not meditating on the Word and praying in private, and then you pray in public, you're a hypocrite. You're trying to impress men with your prayers when you're prayerless alone. So the first qualification, the first requirement to grow in grace is to pray alone with God. Feed on His Word. Plead the promises. And this is why the Word and prayer go together, because you discover the promise in the Word, and in prayer you plead it. You appropriate it. You make it mine. You say, Lord, do this in my life. Do this for me. We need to be praying as families or as couples, husband and wife. That's how God builds strong homes. 
strong families, when all pray together and unite together in prayer. Then in the public preaching ministry and prayer of the church, grow in grace. This is a command. And we cannot grow any more than the food that we enjoy. You can determine the person that you're going to be by the amount of food that you're consuming. You can determine the development of a soul just as easily as you can determine the development of a body by the amount of food that person enjoys. If parents keep their children on a very meager diet without proper nutrition, they're not going to develop physically. If a church keeps its people on a meager, non-nutritious spiritual diet, you can't expect strong, praying, growing Christians. And I suppose the Christian in the pew or the Christian that, is, that joins the church will reflect the feeding. And of course, this brings a burden. It's my task to feed. It's my task to give myself to present food that will nourish your soul. But let me tell you, it's hard to do when you're not here. And I don't buy the answer, well, I was there in spirit. Well, I can't feed spirits. I can feed minds and hearts. You have to be here. And it's your call whether you're going to be a fat Christian or a thin one. Those who come often, I trust you'll get fat. Obesity in spiritual maturity is a good thing. We want to have God's people fat. The Bible says the fat, the righteous shall be fat and flourishing. That's good. And we don't look for skinny Christians. And for some, I fear that you're on a, a skinny man's diet. I wonder, is there a hunger growing and developing in your soul? So we, we grow by feeding on spiritual food. We also grow by keeping in the atmosphere that is spiritually healthy. Tropical plants that are transported from other parts of the world and, and brought to a northern claim, they have to be kept in an environment where there is not only heat but humidity. That's the tropical atmosphere. And I liken a Christian in this cursed world to a tropical plant. We're not natural to this environment around us. We are not of this world. Our citizenship's in heaven. We are, we are the Lord's people in a sinful world. And we have to ensure that the environment that we are in is productive and conducive to spiritual growth. And as a tropical plant in a cold clime, we need to give ourselves to the right atmosphere. Atmosphere is everything uh, to the Christian. We're to walk in the Spirit. We're to live in the Spirit. We're to pray in the Spirit. That's the atmosphere. We're to work in the Spirit. Now, I apply that to home life. What's the atmosphere of our homes? If it's an atmosphere of contention and bickering and a place of, of, of the world and the, and the values and the corruption of the world inside our homes, can you expect healthy Christians to grow in that home? We need to ensure that the world is shut out. We need to ensure that it's a place that is conducive to spiritual things. It should be a place 
that is inviting to the Spirit of God to dwell. Student life, you need to choose your friends very carefully. You need to be sure that you don't be led astray. Uh, that's what Peter was concerned about, and I, I emphasize what Peter's concern was. He, he said, lest ye be led astray. Let me get to it here firstly. Uh, ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things, beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked. Now, as, in, as students, and I'm not saying you ought not to be in a place that's uh, you're going to meet some of this. But if you fall into the continual atmosphere where young people are led away by the error of the wicked, and Second Peter deals with creation and deals with the flood and deals with the second coming of the Lord, and in places of education today, those things are under attack. And you need to be very careful about the atmosphere of student life. I would liken a Christian in some of those places to be like a flower among weeds. And any time I've seen a flower growing among weeds, the weeds win. And there are many young Christians that get swept away because of the atmosphere of the ungodliness, the wickedness, uh, Peter mentions this, the error of the wicked. They are rebellious to God. Teach me thy will, O Lord, teach me Savior from the 
Thank you for joining with us here on Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher, and I trust you will be blessed in your own heart and soul as we minister the Lord's Word. I have in my hand here a little book called A New Beginning that I'd like to offer free of charge to you. It is a 32-page booklet that will encourage you in the Christian life. It starts out with how God sees men, and it explains that men need to be saved, born again, and brought into a right relationship through the Lord Jesus. The next section deals with God's way of salvation and how God sent his Son, how by faith, by repentance, we may receive the Lord Jesus as our personal Savior. And then it moves on to the assurance of salvation, how you can be absolutely certain that you are redeemed, saved, and sure of heaven. Then it moves on to our position as new creatures in Christ, indwelt by the Spirit, and united to Him. All of this is explained in a beautiful color layout that will uh, guide you in your Bible study. Then on Christian living, there is baptism, Bible reading, daily prayer, connection between Bible reading and prayer, witnessing for Christ, and church membership. These are all included in this little booklet, A New Beginning. And I'd like to send that to you free of charge. We'll get you the address. You can actually read this online if you go to our website where there are articles of information on our website at www.cloverdealfpchurch.ca. And on that website, you will find archived sermons, information about our church, and of course, you can join us Sundays on our webcast, 10.30 and 6 p.m. by going to that website, cloverdealfpchurch.ca. Now, please do remember to pray for us in this ministry that the Lord may use his own word to reach Canadians with the gospel and bring sinners to faith in the Lord Jesus. So then, we thank you for joining with us in the program today. Stay tuned as we continue with this second part of the program. Let me tell you, if the seeds of rebellion get into your heart, you'll fall. Or let me say this, if you entertain the seeds of rebellion and allow them to grow in your heart, you'll fall. You'll be led astray. That's a serious thing. And then I would apply similarly in work life. Those that might be choosing a career, make sure you choose a work career that is conducive to the Christian life as far as it be possible. There are those, and they move away to a new area to take a new job, and then when they get there, they discover there's not even a Bible-believing church within 50 miles or more. That's one of the first things you need to check out. If you do not have a, a Bible-believing church, how are you going to be in the atmosphere that will enable you to grow? Right, I have a couple of minutes left, and I want to deal, lastly, with the marks of growing in grace. Humility, contentment, liberty, and longing. Those are my few thoughts on the marks of a person who's growing in grace. If you're a Christian growing in grace, you will have humility. You remember that Christian growth is downward. It's like the ripening grain. The more it ripens, the more the head hangs downward. That's certainly true with barley. It may not apply to all crops, 
but there are crops. The more it ripens, the more white it turns, the more the head hangs downward. And in the Christian life, the growing Christian is the humble Christian. Less of self, more of Christ, like John the Baptist. I must decrease, but he must increase. Secondly, happiness or contentment. The growing Christian will have a spirit of contentedness. When you're growing in grace, there is nothing forced and there's nothing unnatural. And I was thinking yesterday about the, the growth of an apple. And an apple starts off as a little blossom on the tree in the spring, and then suddenly you, you, you notice there's just a little tiny apple. And then it grows and grows into a full-size apple. But how does the skin grow at the right time and the right uh, proportion to the flesh of the apple? That, that's a miracle in itself. But it's so natural. It's just, it just develops in that natural way. And the skin is not bursting, and the flesh is still protected. It's everything's natural. The development of a Christian is not a forced thing. It's not a prison sentence. It's not uh, disagreeable to nature. But it is the delight, and it is the natural growth and development. There will be that spirit of contentment. And the Bible says contentment with godliness is great gain. That's one of the marks, one of the evidences of a growing Christian. Liberty and private devotions. The growing Christian will know more and more liberty in prayer. Now, I know that sometimes prayer is a difficult thing. It's not always easy. But the growing Christian grows and enjoys freedom in the, in the presence and the help of the Lord. Then there's the longing for public devotions, the house of God. I want to tell you about a lady I knew when I was a student. We had started a church, the Free Presbyterian Church in my country had started a new congregation, and they met in what they called a bee hut. It was a wartime building. A bee hut it was like a big sea started on the ground, and the, and the tin on the roof just went round in a semicircle right down to the other side. And that was the nature of the building, one of a very cheap uh, way of uh, erecting a building. And so they started these gospel meetings in a bee hut, and it developed into uh, a congregation where they met on a weekly basis. And so as a student, I, I was along there to preach on a number of occasions. And... Uh, there was this lady lived in, in the countryside, and she would walk to that meeting every meeting, morning and evening. Now, it was a narrow country road, and some people with their cars and vehicles, when the snow came, they had difficulty getting to church. But she had no difficulty. She walked. Didn't matter if it was snow or rain or ice, she was there. Eighty plus. But she had a longing for fellowship, for the ministry of God's Word. Put many others to shame. As a young fellow, I looked up to that woman as a marvelous example of maturity. She had the joy of the Lord, and she longed to be in the house of God. The mark of growth is that capacity and longing for spiritual things, worship, and devotion.
If you're growing in grace, these marks will be in your life. You'll be able to witness them in your own life, and others will notice them. Now, there's a problem here, of course. Humility is a difficult one to measure. And you certainly can't go around saying to others, Lord, uh, or, or even praying in a prayer meeting and saying, Lord, I, I thank you that you've made me more humble. Because in that itself, there is the counter statement, well, maybe you're not all that humble if you're not humble about being humble. So that's a problem. But these marks will be in the Christian, and certainly others will see them. Your husband or your wife will see growth in grace. They'll see the humility. They'll see the spirit of contentment. They'll witness the liberty. They'll see that there is a longing more and more for spiritual things. I trust that we will heed this command to grow in grace. We're not in a, a world that's friendly to grace. This world is no friend of grace. Therefore, we must grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And some other time we'll come to the second part of the text, to be growing in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. May the Lord bless His Word. May the Lord work in every one of our hearts. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you. Take it then wherever you go. Precious name, the sweet, above breath and joy of heaven. Precious name, the sweet, above earth and joy of heaven. Take the name of Jesus ever as a shield from every listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our 
podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music